Hi guys and welcome or welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Indira and today I'm joined by Samantha Harrison. She finished 2023 as the UK number one over the 5k and 10k. In this episode she talks through her journey into sport and how she's become an elite professional runner. Okay it's probably not what you're expecting to hear and there's lots to learn from it so let's get into the episode. As always, please give the show a rating if you've been enjoying it. This really helps to give credibility to the show so I can keep bringing you guys great guests. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at fitterfasterhappier to send in your questions and suggestions, guest requests, and for race updates and more. Okay, time for the episode. Hi, Sam, how are you? And welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. How's your morning been? Yeah, pretty busy. Did uh, train this morning, headed over for lunch, met with my coach for a catch-up, and then here we are. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, that yeah, sounds very productive, and was it a good session? Uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. gym session. So yeah, yeah just cross-training. Uh, so yeah, just a light bit of cross-training, and that's it really. Awesome. And so, for anyone who doesn't know who you are already, can you introduce yourself as an athlete? Yep, I am Samantha Harrison and I'm a GB International Endurance Runner. Awesome. Right, okay, and so some kind of questions to get us started. What would you say is your biggest lesson learned from sports so far? Biggest lesson learned? Um, I would say that you should never limit yourself. Um, I think you can, you really are capable of, of doing anything that you want to achieve if you, you know, push the limits and don't have those limits on yourself yeah definitely that's the main one yeah mindset and stuff is definitely coming through more and more with so so many athletes these days and what are some topics that you feel most strongly about in sport at the moment um I mean everybody's running incredibly well aren't they the world records are going left right and center so yeah I mean the world records are constantly being being gone I think they've just gone again in the 10k um over at the weekend from Valencia 10k uh so that's uh, an interesting topic um yeah yeah definitely that's yeah. times <laughs> yeah exactly it's crazy stuff in in the running world at the moment and what would you say is your number one piece of advice that you give to your younger self enjoy everything you do and just do it with passion and, and make sure you just enjoy yourself along the way yeah <laughs> definitely you know so important to kind of maintain that love of the sport I guess and yeah. so if we sort of you know speaking of younger selves go back to the start you know where you came from so you know you've only been running since 2019 or you know as per sort of power of 10 anyway what's the background you know well, how did sport feature in your life if at all <laughs> it's funny when people ask this because I, I do don't feel when I was younger that sport really dominated my life. Um, I was I was massively into football. I used to watch football, go to football games with my dad, um, and then I started playing football myself at quite a young age, from sort of seven till about 14, 15. Um, so I played for football clubs, used to go training, you know, three or four times a week. So I know the commitment that sport has. Um, so I did that for quite a few years and got quite to quite a good standard. Uh, got scouted for um, Nottingham Forest girls, I think it was like under 13s at the time. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but then after sort of when I was about 14, I decided that it was just too much commitment for what I wanted at that time of my life. I was studying and revising at school and I was really focused on, on my studies and football was quite demanding at the time and doing lots of travelling and it just wasn't at that age something I was ready to commit to. I just wanted to, to just live and have fun and I think the enjoyment and the fun sort of came out, came away from the football um so once that started to to come away from it from with me I just decided that it wasn't for me anymore and, and wanted to focus on other things yeah yeah definitely yeah and then since then I didn't do any sports for a good few years I just sort of studied qualified as a dental nurse um and then just focused on that and and trying to get my career at a good good level um and then I did start to reintroduce fitness and, and, and sport around about 18, 19 years old. Um, I used to go to the gym quite often. So I just started to go to the gym, you know, four or five times a week. 
for a couple of hours a day um, and then a few years after that running then got introduced. Yeah, no, amazing. And, you know, you say there with kind of commitments and, you know, that balance, finding that point, was it difficult for you to let sport go or did it get to a point where it was almost too much that you weren't enjoying it anymore? No, it was actually surprisingly really easy, um, which was which shocked me. I think it was more difficult for my dad. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. was like not too happy with me. I think yeah. you put so much into something and then just to literally, I just woke up one day mm. and was like, I don't want to do this anymore uh, when I was 14. And I did a couple of training sessions and a match uh, at football and my just head wasn't in, in the game. I just wasn't really enjoying it. Um, I loved the social side of it. That was probably what kept me there for longer. I'm a very social bunny. Um, so yeah, the social side to football, you are in a team. So to go and see my friends and play with them was was great. Um, so yeah, I just woke up one day and just said to my dad, Mum, I don't want to play football anymore. And he was a bit annoyed because I'd just got scouted for Nottingham Forest. So it was like just going to that level. Um, and it, yeah, it just didn't bother me. That enjoyment wasn't there. It wasn't fun. And I just said no. So he didn't talk to me for about a week. And I still never changed my mind. And then ever from that day, never looked back. Wow. Um, yeah, so I think you kind of know within yourself and you know deep down when you're not enjoying something. I think it is easy to walk away. Um, so, so yeah. No, that's really interesting. I mean, you say it's easy to walk away. I think some people do sometimes struggle to leave things when they're they're going wrong. So that's a really good trait to have. And, you know, you say you've never looked back. Have you ever had any regrets at all, even with the kind of success of the England football team? Or has it always been, yeah, moved on to the next thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I do think everything happens for a reason in life. And I, I don't like to like, look back. Mm. If anyone knows me, that I'll always look forwards and... Yeah, I had when I was watching the Lionesses um, in the summer, I was looking back like, I wonder if I'd ever made it. Um, football was very different to running. Um, but yeah, it does make me wonder sometimes and question. But I think you are where you are in life because of the decisions you make growing up. So making that decision and not being a footballer might have not ever made me to be a runner if I'd carried on with that. So so yeah, it was, it was easy to... To walk away at the time and, and now I look back and think it was definitely the right decision yeah. because now I am where I am uh, I'm not saying walking away from running would be like football because I can honestly say I don't think it would be I think running away walking away from running at this moment in time would be yeah a heartbreak heartbreaking I can't imagine it whereas football I think when you're younger as well I don't know at that sort of age I don't think you're as in tune with your emotions as you probably are when you're an adult. So like 13, 14, I probably wasn't in tune with my emotions as much. I can just walk away from things easier than what I probably would now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, either way, you know, clearly you've got to the, the right passion yeah. in the end. So that that's, that's the important thing. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, I guess, you know, you say you didn't really do any sport for a while. During that period... Do you think if you had been training, be that football or another sport, you would still have the enjoyment that you have for the sport now? Or do you think in any way your mindset would be different? It's really hard to tell because um, I did have that break from the sport. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I did enjoy that time out of the sport because, you know, I did live like your typical teenager. I went out with my friends every weekend, you know, had a did go out drinking, it wasn't excessive or anything, but I had the girly holidays, I had a lot of time with my family, you know, built up a lot of amazing memories, and memories I can look back on for myself, that how I am with, with the sport now, I've had to sacrifice all of that, or most of that now, and, and my life's very different, so to have maintained that for so long, if I'd started it, sort of, 16 17 18 running to now I don't know if I would have carried on or I might have been better I might have been worse it's really hard to say but like you say I kind of go back to that everything happens for a reason and I am where I am um through my journey and I try not to look back at it and think well what if I could have been better athlete now I might not have been a better athlete it's it's really hard to say you don't you never know at the time it's always when you look back and you yeah, you look at your journey and think, okay, I've got here because of that situation, that situation. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're running amazingly. So, you know, I think that just goes to show that there isn't necessarily a blueprint or a certain way that you have to enter a sport or do to become, you know, an elite mm. athlete. 
And so, you know, you mentioned then 1819, that's when you started getting back, back into fitness. What in particular kind of influenced that or motivated you to do that? Um, like you say, I have been very health conscious yeah. uh, throughout, you know, all my, all my life really. Although I had a period of time where I necessarily didn't do sport, I've always been very health conscious, you know, I like to look after myself. It's kind of always, I've always been like that. Um, and it got to a point where I just thought, I don't know, maybe I'd gone out a little bit too much and I'd it was my boyfriend at the time, he he was heavily into foot fitness. And I think he just kind of sparked a few, like sparked into me that, okay, maybe I need to up my game with this fitness a little bit because he would be going to the gym a lot. And it kind of inspired me because I just thought, you know what, I used to love doing that. Um, so it inspired me to do it. So we started doing it together and I just loved it. And it just brought that, that love I have for sport again, I guess. Mm-hmm and yeah and how it makes you feel so I kind of got into it through him really um so yeah thank you for that Daniel (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah so then once I started training again I just got that that love for it and that passion and just that addiction I think once you start I think it is a very addictive feeling um and I was working full-time as well so it was nice little bit of release as well like you just have a stress sometimes you have a stressful day at work with patients all day and it was just nice to sort of go and train and just forget about everything and be focused in in what I was doing um so so yeah that's how I kind of found my love for the sport again and then running kind of came along with that so when I was in the gym um I decided to then start running because um like you say I used to run around on the pitch playing football so and I never used to find running difficult uh, when I did run you know some people say when they first start running like their knees hurt and it's really hard work I can't say it ever felt like that with running um I like it was tough um but I never I don't I kind of craved that feeling it was weird and I never really had like joint pain or knee pain or anything like that um so I decided to start running in the gym on the treadmill uh, a couple of times a week, maybe for like 15, 20 minutes. It was very gradual. Didn't really know what I was doing. I'd just jump on the treadmill and just set it to 20 minutes and don't know what pace it was or... (laughs) Um, It was very basic. Uh, So I did that more just as a fitness to keep fit. And then I started running outside a little bit. So I ran with my boyfriend again at the time. He started doing um, some running outside. So we used to run together. And I just loved it. I started running in the summer and I just absolutely loved it. Being outside, in the warmth, running, and just that feeling of release and then ending on a run and just feel like you've really worked out. I just craved that feeling. And then I just kept doing that. So I kept increasing it week by week, month by month with the running. So three times a week would turn into five, five would turn into seven, and then I would be running in the morning, running in the evening. Um, So it just kind of gradually just got into a a full-time thing. Yeah. No, that's really lovely to hear. You know, I can see the kind of passion and animation on your face as well, which is really lovely. <laughs> and so what was kind of the time gap between jumping on that treadmill in the gym to when you competed in your first race or event? You know, I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I can remind um, you if you want. <laughs> I think it was, I think my first ever race, was it 2019? 2018, 2018. But right at the end. I right thought it was. That yeah. December time. Basically, yeah, basically 2019. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, yeah, 2018, I uh, started running. Um, again, like I say, I'd had so long out, hadn't really ran before. It was all just football based or just gym based. And then I started running in 2018. It was all from the treadmill. I'd just go on the gym. And then, yeah, within a few months, was then outside training. And I did that probably for about eight months straight, um, gradually building it, uh, running, you know, more and more. And then I decided to enter a race. Um, can't remember when this was now. Was it Nottingham Half Marathon? Oh, it was, yeah, yeah. Nottingham Half Marathon, 30th of September, 2018. Yep. So, uh, I knew that was coming up because it comes up every year and I knew people that was doing it and I thought that'd be great. I do all this running outside, but it's just for my own personal achievements, really. I, I've not, I want to like achieve something at the end of it. So do a half marathon, a 10K. 
Um, but I wanted to go all out and go for a half marathon because I'd already been doing sort of over 5k in training. Mm-hmm. Again, I never really used to track my distance. I never used to track my pace because I'd never been into running or surrounding myself with anyone that was a runner to help me with paces and, and distance. So I used to just go out with my... Um, my timer my phone and just be like right okay I'm gonna go and run for six o'clock and I'll be back for seven o'clock so however miles I used to cover in that I don't know I didn't imagine it was a massive amount of miles because I was probably running a lot slower um so maybe eight miles or so yeah um so yeah I used to sort of do that and I thought well let's just do a half marathon I may as well go all out because at that time achieving a half marathon would have been quite a big thing to me because I'd just started running so I went straight into the deep end and thought I'd do a half Um, so yeah I um, applied for Nottingham Half got into that started training towards that again just training off my own back no coach just doing what I was doing no I don't think I even did interval sessions I think it was just getting out the door and just running whatever pace I felt like that day um did the Nottingham half and I got the fourth lady um so to me that was a huge achievement just finishing the race so then being just off the podium um because it is it's quite an established race there was I mean there must have been 13,000 runners maybe there's quite a lot of runners so I was just super, super proud of myself and I just loved every minute of it. I loved the support from the crowd. I just loved that feeling, although it was very painful and I couldn't walk for days <laughs> after. I just loved that sense of achievement. So I decided literally a few days later, I rang up um, the local running club because as you'll get to know me, I'm very all or nothing with things. My personality is literally, I'm fully invested or I'm not invested at all. Not half-heartedly, I'm all or nothing. So after that race, it was, right, I'm going to be a runner. I'm going to run and I'm going to do what I can to see where I can get. It wasn't necessarily GB vest and England vest. It wasn't that at all. I was never thinking that. It was more what can I do to be the best I can be? And if that's running 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, then that's that's what I'll, what I'll do. So we went to the, literally rang the running club and then within a week I'd done two of their sessions. <laughs> they were like, yeah, come down. Have you ever ran for a club before? I was like, nope. Um, that was my first ever race, first half marathon. Um, and they were like, wow, that's impressive. Uh, yeah, come down. And I literally went down on that, that Tuesday after the race and... Um, yeah, started training with them for for quite a few months, actually. Yeah, no, wow. I mean, as a fellow all-or-nothing mindset person myself, I can only say, yeah, that, that's the only way to go, really. Yeah. And, you know, really good job you did. And, I mean, yeah, a year later, you know, 2019, you then dropped to 73.07 half marathon, which is yeah. crazy, a crazy kind of improvement. So, specifically, can you think of anything that might have made the biggest difference to you? Obviously, aside from a huge bundle of natural talent. Mm. Um, Yeah. Uh, I think there's a number of factors, really. Um, I wouldn't say there's just the one or two. Um, People always say natural talent, but I'm always... I'm not convinced on that. People (laughs) tell me, they're like, oh, Sam, yeah, you must have. But I'm just like, no, I, I just feel like I just work hard for what I do I don't think if I didn't work as hard as I did would I still be where I am probably not but who knows um but yeah I think I think a lot of it's mental I think if you've got that 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 mindset I think I really do like I say I think there is no limits I think I had that mindset of I want to achieve things um again like you say it was little steps so it was just be achieve a half marathon achieve a certain time it wouldn't be achieve to be where I am now that's just kind of coincidentally happened along the way so it's just having that little bit of mindset of, of determination and, and really trying to find my find my limits and my goals um and the other thing is having that support I think it really helps having that support network I obviously have a coach now whereas back then I didn't have a coach so now having a coach they can plan with you and you have these goals and, and the training's a lot more specific to me, whereas before I probably would have only got so far because I was just doing my own thing. Um, so some of it probably wasn't ideal really when I look back it's some of the training I used to do. So now I have a lot more structure. And I think, um, yeah, just, just making that those commitments and sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I think 
when you when you start making commitments and sacrifices for, for things i do think there's always rewards at the end of it um and putting that hard work and, and grafting that you you need to do really yeah definitely and you know while we're on the note of training could you walk us through a typical training week for yourself yeah um i mean at the moment i'm slightly injured so a typical training week is slightly different um but yeah on average a typical training week would be um you know two sessions a week um on the track um or one of them would be like a track and the other one would be on the road uh a some kind of tempo low tempo run uh, in that week a long run and then just like lots of easy miles sort of in between really um sort of averaged around about 100 miles a week um that would be sort of not marathon training marathon training would be uh, slightly more um so yeah that would be just a standard week really and i would do two gym ses- sessions a week as well so that would be sort of strength work yeah. focusing on um that area because i think that's really important to incorporate into training too yeah definitely yeah gotta gotta keep the base strong for sure yeah. and of that is there something that you enjoy the most or something you enjoy the least um I do love a long run um especially with the training partners that I train with I think it's just great it flies by two hours flies by um so it's great to run on the trails and just have a chat and just run with friends so I do love a long run I'd say that is my favorite and then I do love a track session uh track session day is they're probably the most painful (laughs) and the lungs don't like them or the legs but um I do find them fun it just it's just different to just doing easy miles and it just gets your heart rate up it gets you you just kind of have to be so focused and just switched on in a in a session like that so I just like that feeling rather than just an easy run you can just put your headphones in and just relax whereas I like training hard I think maybe that's the the crazy psycho in me (laughs) (laughs) no I mean it's well matched for a professional runner so you've got to have that drive but yeah I'd imagine that with you know marathon half marathon training it must be quite a lot of easy miles easy volume so probably nice to get some I guess can you consider it speed stuff what you do on track yeah for sure I do love doing the speed I think as you say you do a lot of easy miles particularly when you're marathon training um so you feel like you're just constantly doing them slow miles um so then yeah to go and do some speed work it it feels like it's such a different mix-up so it yeah it's good It, it makes you work and tick in a different way um so yeah I must admit I do love my my track sessions yeah no definitely and you know now you've been training I guess oh probably about is it four four years or so uh <laughs> trying to do the quick maths yeah 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 I'd say <laughs> yeah. to to this sort of level it's been a, a few years now yeah yeah and you know looking back on I guess where you were before and where you are now do you miss anything from where running was before in terms of your training approach or you know is there something that has been the most surprising to you or that you've surprised yourself with the most through kind of a more scheduled training I guess yeah over the last sort of five to six years um from being a beginner runner as I would class myself absolutely uh to uh elite athlete I definitely made a lot of lifestyle choices a lot of um sacrifices I had to change quite a few things um you know like you say when you're fully committed to something you do have to sometimes make them little sacrifices that I wouldn't have done at the start when I first started running I would have still probably had a few more later nights and met up with friends and gone to that you know if they'd invited me out on a a night out or something that was going to be really late uh I I probably would have just gone ahead with it whereas now I would have been very very reluctant now and I probably wouldn't go or I would be the first one to leave or (laughs) I I wouldn't be drinking it it all depends on the, the phase of the phase of training that I'm in if I'm in a marathon block uh, I'm very committed into that marathon block and you know my recovery is priority so I'll, I can't be having those late nights and things like that um drinking kind of gets knocked on the head um not because like I don't enjoy it, it it's just more of I just want to be fresh the next day ready for my training because I am training pretty much six, seven days a week. So I just want to wake up fresh and ready. And and yeah, so it is those little lifestyle changes that you have to make in order to um, fully invest that time into running. But 
it's been absolutely fine. I wouldn't say I, I miss those things because like I say, I've kind of gone through my life and done a lot of the things that I've wanted to do. So I wouldn't say I miss them, but sometimes I guess you feel a little bit, I don't know, like you're missing out on the odd occasion. Um, a lot sometimes when I'm away in competitions or I'm racing and, and they're abroad um, or I'm on a training camp and it's like my friend's best friend's birthday and I've had to miss it because I'm at a training camp. Little things like that I feel quite guilty for because you think, oh, sorry, like if you feel bad, you can't be there. Um, but they all understand that that's just a part of the lifestyle. Like with running, it's not like a nine to five job where you can just go home and forget about work sometimes. With running, it's it's almost like a 24 hour day on your mind, seven days a week. It's a constant kind of thing all year round. You don't really ever switch off like you can, like with, when I used to dental nurse, um, I could just switch off from my job. Once I'd done my, my shift, it was okay, well, I can go sh um, switch off now and, and focus on training or going to see my friends. Whereas with running, I feel like you don't fully switch off in that way uh, at all. So I guess, yeah, it is a bit of a, a change but it's a life that I've adapted to and it's a life that um, I'll continue to to keep doing until I don't enjoy it or I want to then I think we all go through spells in life and I think this is just the phase and spell of life that I'm going through um, and in another five six seven eight nine years I might be a completely different place you never really know uh, but I'm just embracing that what I'm going through now and just enjoying this this journey really yeah no definitely I mean it really is you know so much more than just kind of an athlete competing it's a lifestyle it's a it's a job as you say and you know talking about jobs and you know you mentioned there being a dental or having been a dental nurse at what point did you transition from working to being an athlete full time and yeah how did you find balancing running with being a dental nurse whilst the two were ongoing yeah so um that was a really tough tough time actually um so there's about a year and a half um it might have been touching nearly two years where I was just breaking through mm -hmm. to that elite level wasn't quite fully there I hadn't had got a sponsor at the time and I was working long hours full time um and I was trying to fit everything in because I was still having that like quite busy social life as well because again I, I wasn't a fully fully professional athlete so I hadn't made all my commitments all my sacrifices so I had quite a lot going on at the time and I think because I knew no different I kind of just managed it for a good year or so everybody used to look at as an outsider and say how you manage your life I do not know but I think you're that engrossed into it you don't you don't know any different. I don't know any different to this. This is just how it is. And I love running too much to give it up. And I've got to work because I need to financially. <laughs> and that, that's just how it is. <laughs> so for about a year, I just sort of just, just got, got, went through it, went through the process, went through the motions. And then it got into like the second year of doing it. Um, and again, I was doing better in competitions. Um, and it was when I got my first GB vest this year so it was almost like that moment of oh wow this is really becoming something now yeah. and there's a couple of times where I was just struggling going into work a little bit like I, my focus wasn't fully there because I when I work hard I work, when I'm working I work hard yeah. um and I could see that things were slipping slightly trying to manage a full-time job full-time running because I was still doing a lot of training morning and evening a lot of miles still a week up at 5am I used to train sometimes till half past 10 at night all in one day as well as a nine hour shift um and then, yeah, trying to fit in my friends because they was a priority as well. It, yeah, it got a lot that second year and my, my passion for running was becoming more and more apparent. And I thought, I don't know if I can maintain this. Um, my standards are slipping a little bit with work. It, it was just little things like I'd be rocking up five minutes late and that's not me. I never used to do that. And luckily the work girls were so supportive and they knew that I was just getting overworked with what I was putting on myself and I've got a very good relationship with my manager and she was just saying like oh you, you, you're doing so much like it's amazing what you're achieving and she's like can you manage all this and I kind of went into a bit of a meltdown to her <laughs> I think she was like yeah this is what everyone's been waiting for like you can only live that chaotic lifestyle for so long because it will come and find you I mean I managed it for a year and and then my manager bless her she's absolute gem she was just like look if you was my daughter 
I'd want you to just pursue this running. She's like, you don't know where it's going to take you, but it's it's amazing whatever you're doing. And you're doing it, managing, you know, a full-time nine to ten-hour shift job, training crazy hours at night and in the morning, and doing everything else you do in between. And she just said, um, if there's any opportunity for you to, to commit a bit more to that and less to everything else, can you do that? And it it was just one of them where it was all down to one thing mainly, which was financial. And because I didn't have a sponsor and cutting down my hours at work would mean obviously a, a cut with money. So it's just something that um, for a couple of months I was thinking about and then I made a decision um, to, I was having talks with sponsors at this point as well. So I knew it was all kind of coming together. Um, and yeah, I decided to then cut my hours down to part time after, you know, talking to my family and they they saying you know we'll support you or help you this is your journey and and just taking that that sacrifice and then adidas did very fortunately come come along very soon after so it all kind of fell very perfectly so then yeah going part-time um for until now uh, has massively helped like I do actually still technically work one day a week um but it's very flexible um my work are absolutely amazing um they kind of just let me come and go really they understand the life and they understand that my commitments and they understand what you know that I might need to last minute go off on training camp I might be ringing them up a couple of weeks saying I can't come in on that Friday um to work because I've got a race in Dubai, Spain, wherever, um, they could fully understand. Um, so yeah, I think having somebody, a workplace like that, that is so on board with you, it makes your life so much easier. And they've always said that the doors are always open. You want to come back full time, you can come back full time. You want to quit your last day, and because they they've already said like it's it's not them that's keeping my Friday, my one day a week that I work. It's me, as a security, as a bit of a I think it's a bit more of a mental thing, a bit of like I've still got my foot in the door with a normal job. If running doesn't work out. And it's such a good workplace. I love the, the the girls that work there. I love my manager. And just to walk away with that just doesn't suit, like, it doesn't sit right with me to walk away from them. So, so yeah, that's that's where we are. Just still working one day a week, but running mainly full time. <laughs> yeah, no, wow, that's amazing. And I think it's really nice of you to kind of share what it was like during that year and, you know, that it's not always an easy journey and, you know, it does take a lot of sacrifice, a lot of dedication, a lot of commitment. And, you know, good job you clearly made your mark there before and, you know, they've been able to be so accommodating and understanding, which is really great. And I guess if you look back on hindsight with that chaotic year, is there anything that you would have done differently to have managed your time? Or do you think, you know, you were best foot forwards given the circumstances? Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's really hard to look back. It's just like, would I be where I am yeah. if I didn't go through all of that? I think, weirdly, going through all of that in, in that period of time, um, I think it does help. Although it doesn't feel like it at the time because it is quite stressful, I think going through it has kind of made me a lot more resilient and that I can take on a lot if I have to. Not that I'm advising that and you shouldn't, but if life gets to a point where everything's tripped at you, you, you can go through it and you can do it. It's not a nice situation to go through, but it's hopefully never a long period of time that you're going through that. Like you say, it was about a year and a half that I went through that and then everything just, just worked out. Um, it, it was it was tough during the time because you just think, how long can I continue like that, like this? You think, oh, am I going to be able to manage it? And then you start to think, do I have to give up on something here? And and yeah, my, luckily I was able to just give up on work, um, which not everybody's fortunate of doing that. So, you know, I, I, was, I am very grateful to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, so I probably wouldn't change anything. Um, it'd have been nicer if I probably went through it for a less amount of time, <laughs> maybe a couple of months instead of a year and a half. But it, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm, I am here where I am today because of this whole thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, I guess, yeah, it's about having the confidence to go for something and, you know, fully see it through when you do commit. And, you know, it's great that things came through with Adidas, but you mentioned kind of speaking with sponsors and that kind of being a whole potentially process. Can you talk us through what that process is like and, you know, how you ended up with Adidas in the end? 
Yeah, so I have um, an agent and my agent at the time, he was, like you say, I was coming through, um, just coming through as sort of an elite athlete and he was just getting sponsors through the door and it's very difficult when you're just coming through because it's, you just need that sponsor to knock on the door that's be to believe in you and my agent was trying to put that across to, to, to sponsors to say, look, this girl's got a lot of potential and there's so many people that are coming through so it's hard for sponsors because they've got to invest in somebody that might come through that might not and when there's money involved people are always more reluctant um so yeah my agent has had to put across like these are the goals this is what we want to achieve in the next five to six years or ten years and a few sponsors sort of came knocking and adidas was the one that just sort of stood out to me um and I just felt, something just felt right with Adidas. Um, and I just thought, I'm going to go with, with them. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, just about the money. It was just having that overall gut feeling. Because like you say, as an athlete, um, you know, I want, to, I want a long career in the sport. Yeah. And you want to be with that brand, hopefully, for the, throughout that career. And I just wanted a brand that I had felt right with. And, and Adidas was that brand. So I was very grateful when they, they came knocking. Yeah, no, definitely. That's that's so great. And is that something that, you know, in terms of contracts, do they last for a fair duration or are they kind of renegotiated on a rolling basis? Yeah, I think every, I don't know how all the other sponsors work. I think every contract is very different and very individual. Um, yeah, mine was a set contract for um, a certain amount of time. It's quite a, a, long, a long amount of time, actually, um, which is nice. I think because I've come into the sport quite quite new um i think they invested a, a longer period of time because they could see my potential long-term potential in the sport so that was um nice a lot of security and it's nice to know that i'm going to be with them um over the next sort of three four five years um so yeah i think it's very individual on on the contracts that you have really with yeah. with that sponsor yeah no no that's you know really really good and in terms of I guess now where you're at you know at this such high level you know running such incredible times do you feel that the pressure is kind of built or in any way that your approach to running feels different now yeah I mean I guess a sport is pressure I guess I mean like you say a lot of people don't like to say the word pressure um, because it can be used in a negative way but I don't think it's always negative I think it can be negative but it also can be positive because if you're feeling a pressure I think that means you are exceeding or doing very well in something because and it means that you are passionate if you didn't feel anything I don't think I think that would be a strange feeling I think you need to feel something to to love that sport and feeling pressure it depends on how you see it but yeah you definitely feel that there's a level of expectation and that you should do certain times or do well and expectation there it's just how you handle that I guess um there's been moments you know where I've not handled it great but there's been moments where you wouldn't even it's not it's not really been the first thing on my mind uh I think you just learn to control what you can control and I just try and not put too much pressure on things um and just be like all I can do is what I can do and do my best and and you know that's that's all you can do really yeah, no, <laughs> just definitely. do your best yeah, yeah exactly no it sounds like you've got a really you know growth mindset which is yeah definitely super important as an athlete and so you know through your journey so far you know if you look on paper it's kind of just a exponential kind of journey of success really but have you encountered any major challenges or anything that you know set you back um trying to think now um well, there's been absolutely like little setbacks yeah, along yeah. the way. I'd actually say my biggest setback, which is probably my current situation, because I'm not going to lie, over probably the last five to five years of the sport, I've not really had any injuries. I've I've not really had anything which I can really say has massively set me back. Um, there's been minor setbacks, but again it's is very minor and it might have set you back a week um if that but nothing that's 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 been been too bad really um which i knew that you know there's probably going to be points where <laughs> it's not going to be so plain sailing because life isn't plain sailing um but yeah i probably encountered my most 
first, first serious injury now, actually. Uh, I've never been out for uh, over sort of up to six weeks before. So I'd say this is probably the most where I've been like, oh, okay, this is a not quite a minor setback of a week or so. <laughs> yeah. But that is a part of it. And everyone that's kind of been around, that's around me at the moment, I like you de- you're dealing with it very very well uh, of course I have my moments you know where I'm just like really frustrated because I just want to get out and and do what I do best which is run and especially when I've got competitions coming up you, you do start to feel a bit more sort of agitated you start to feel a bit a little bit more stressed because you're like right okay I need to be prepared at this point for that competition am I going to be ready and and that's the the worrying thing where I've I've never really felt like that um so I'd say this is probably the hardest setback so far like you say always going to have them but um yeah so this one this is probably my first in since 2000 and 19 <laughs> 2018 2019 like you say first big setback yeah. the others have just been some like like you say just just minor setbacks that you can just sort of get on with where this one has been where you know okay i've got a step back and i've just got to let this just pop. It's, it's all just mental when you when you when you need to go through an injury it is all just mental and you just need to keep mentally focused and just know what the goal is at the end and you'll get there and it's just just a process and it's just a part of the process it's like anything like things aren't plain sailing in life and yeah I guess you kind of get used to that um and you can always sort of sometimes wait in for that that setback um and I guess mine probably come at the possibly the worst time it can come but hey ho <laughs> mm. I feel like if I do get a setback it's always going to be one of the like a huge setback it's never going to just be yeah something that you can just over bypass and override yeah oh no I'm you know really sorry to hear and it is so difficult dealing with injuries and it's kind of the unpredictable nature of them as well that can be so difficult but you know are you kind of on your way to recovery now yeah I'm sort of in the middle of the process so sort of just yeah just in that getting by it's just keeping mentally switched on and just being like look we're not there we're nearly there just keep being focused and patient and you'll be absolutely fine I think it's just trusting the process and having great support around you always um always helps and luckily I have that that mindset of you know I see setbacks as comebacks and I really do I do think things happen uh for a reason and I'm just hoping at the end of it I'll be able to look back and be like again like the rest of my journey (laughs) over the past sort of 28 years um leads me to where I am so I'm hoping I'll be able to say the same thing you know in a couple of months time and be like you know what I did all that all of that happened but now look what I've just done yeah and just look back in that sort of way yeah definitely I mean so many people come back from breaks or you know big injuries and actually run better you know cross training can be so beneficial and what what injury did you kind of pick up then? It was actually a stress fracture, oh. yeah, to my sacrum. Oh, so okay, I yeah. don't know if I've ever had one before. It's not that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite sure. Um, so yeah, so yeah. marathon training. It kind of happened, um, yeah, back in well in December, so last month. And yeah, it's just one of them where you just gotta be patient. And it's it's one of them because once it's once you've got the green light, the green light's great. Because uh, you, you you know that hopefully you're fine. Um, because I've never had one in the past, um, so I'm hoping it's just that one-off, just completely unfortunate injury is. So once I've got the green light, it is just yeah, can run and hopefully don't have to worry about it reoccurring. But yeah, it's just being patient and going through that process. Yeah, definitely patience. Yeah, that that is the key one for sure. And mm. I guess in terms of that, do you feel that it could have been a result of anything such as maybe like Red S related or just kind of sheer pounding of the miles from, you know, such, such big volume? Yeah, I do think it is just one of those freak injuries yeah. uh, of the miles potentially. Um, I didn't really have any properly symptoms um so it's not like something that you know you're aware of but you might slightly pretend that you're not aware of it and just bypass it um it wasn't anything like that it was just literally um I just got a little bit of discomfort in my sort of back area um and then yeah sort of the next day like was really struggling to to sort of run so I was like okay this is not good um but 
thankfully, um, you know, I got a scan within literally like two, three days. So it was something we could just get right on top of straight away rather than wait weeks and weeks and get, make things worse or delay things. It was right, okay, let's get this. Like I say, I'm very much in tune with my body. Um, I, I don't think I've, so this is my first injury. Um, I don't think I've had an injury at all, really. Uh, I did have a little niggle. Um, I've had maybe one or two niggles over the past five or six years, but I would say nothing that's kept me out for longer than longer than two weeks. So this is probably my first proper injury uh, in my whole sports career. So um, I think I have done very well. Like I said, I'm very in tune with my body. Um, I'm not superhuman, you know, it's always gonna happen, <laughs> yeah. particularly when you move up to the marathon. Um, you know, I do a lot of miles and I'm not afraid to say that. My body does actually usually handle it very well. Um, I'm not aware that I've ever suffered fraud from red S, um, reds. Um, I'm not actually that educated on it that much. And I sort of know what it's about, but um, to what I'm aware of, I've never suffered from anything like that as a kid and growing up. I think this one is just a, a complete freak injury of a lot of training, no break, and just continue going into the marathon as well. Um, after a, and another marathon so it's probably just too much too much load just on yeah. certain parts of the body and and yeah it just sometimes just causes them to to break and it's just like oh it's it's annoying when it happens but like you say these things happen when you're an athlete and you're pushing your body to extreme limits it's a risk that you they have to take um yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it would all be easier if we made of steel or something, wouldn't it? Or carbon these days, there we go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would help. But yeah, no, it is It is really difficult. And I guess then, you know, you mentioned being you know, very in tune with your body, which has clearly served you really well. In terms of, I guess, things like nutrition, is that an area where you've kind of been someone who's quite intuitive in terms of refueling with sessions and stuff? Or is that something you've had to make a, a conscious effort with? Yeah, I mean, um, I, don't, I have a nutritionist that I speak to um, just to make sure things are, you know, all okay and I'm doing the right things. But before that, um, yeah, I, I feel that my nutrition's always been pretty good. I've, you know, I'm one of them that I'd say I'd eat too much, <laughs> um, necessarily whether they're the right things. But I feel like I've always been quite in tune with what my body needs and what I give it and making sure I'm giving it enough. I think it is very important and, and growing up, uh, cause I was sort of in and out of sport. Um, I'd always, I've always kind of never had that. So I know some people go through the sort of pressures growing up with the, with the whole red S and eating disorders. I don't think I've really ever experienced that. Um, very fortunately. So even growing up as a, as a kid, I never really had those sort of, experiences so I feel like I've always been pretty good in that sort of nutritional side and nutritional area um and that's might have been a reason why you know I haven't had that many injuries just trying to make sure that ticking all them boxes uh, on recovery and looking after myself yeah no definitely no that's <laughs> you know really really good to hear because it is something that can be so problematic for you know so many athletes and so we're coming to the end of our time now um we've had a lot of questions so thanks guys for sending them in we've um randomly picked a couple because you know quite a lot of you this time so first up we've got um what was your training like when you're younger and how has it changed um we've, we've kind of covered it a bit but yeah um again sort of football background when I was younger just sort of yeah did it did some sports for fun um it was nothing ever intense or yeah it it, it it was very vague it was sort of in and out of sport so I played football for a few years then didn't do anything and then sort of came back into it later in life so it was very up and down um and obviously training is very different now until when I was younger. When I was younger, although it was a lot of commitment with football and I guess it was pretty intense when I was going through that football phase, um, but it was nothing to what it is now. It was just like now it's continuous seven days a week, yeah. <laughs> twice a day, whereas back then it, it wasn't quite like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, oh, have you ever suffered from disordered eating or body image struggles? Um, I think we touched yeah, on this one again yeah. as well. <laughs> we kind of we kind of wrapped them all in, should we? Yeah. Um, no, I can't say that I have. To be honest with you, um, I can't say that 
I've ever struggled with sort of body image growing up um, or any eating disorders. Um, no, no, not not really to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we've got, is it possible to run well and work a 40-hour week? So I guess we've sort of touched on it, but I guess from your own reflections, do you think it would be possible to run well and work the 40-hour week? Yeah, um, it, it is tough, and I, I do empathise with anyone that is trying to juggle running full-time and training running training working it is really tough um i think it is it is doable um again it's just if you can make sure that you're having that recovery in between i think that's the most important thing if you're training so much and you're working all them sort of hours it's just if you get in that time and for that recovery i would say is the most important thing yeah Yep, definitely take that on board, guys. Recovery is key. And we've now got, how do you stay motivated during the cold winter months? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really tough, especially at the moment when it's uh, minus four out there. Um, yeah, I think if you can get some good training partners that can, you know, get you out the door, keep you motivated, uh, lots of layers. If you can run out in the day daylight, it's much better than in the evenings when it's cold as well as dark. Um, so yeah, lots of layers, good training partners, and lots of warm stew and warm foods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get the, get the soups down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've also got how often do you take a rest day? How often? Yeah. Um, I would say it's very much dependent on how I feel. I don't schedule an exact day in, um, but some people do, which works absolutely fine for them. I kind of go and feel, so if I'm starting to feel fatigued and tired, I'll be like, right, okay, this is a sign for a rest day. So on average, I'd say that was like once every two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And to finish off with, what is your proudest running moment today and why? Oh, proudest running moment. Oh, there's many now, there's many. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say is, I think it's just because my family and friends were there to watch me and soak in that incredible atmosphere was just incredible. Um, the Commonwealth Games, 10,000. Um, I just absolutely love that. Um, yeah, so I'd say that is probably my proudest moment. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it was an incredible run, so... Yeah, definitely something to be proud of. Okay, well, no, thank you so much for coming on and, you know, taking the time out of your, you know, busy day to, to share your background and journey. So, no, thank you very much. No, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. So, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to rate, subscribe and leave a review. This really helps to get the content out there. And I want to make this podcast the best possible for you. So go follow Fitter, Faster, Happier on Instagram. That's Fitter, Faster, Happier to leave your questions, comments and feedback and for updates and guest requests. All the best for the week ahead, guys. Run happy, live happy, be happy.